This is The Fray Podcast, brought to you by thefray.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a conversation with Anne Davidman. Anne is a motherhood clarity mentor, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and co-author of the book, Motherhood, Is It For Me? I reached out to Anne because when I came across her work, I was really, really excited. And I say that probably 12 times during our conversation, so you have been warned. But the reason I was so excited is because I am having conversations in real life and also online with members of the Frey Facebook community and also just via Instagram with women who are of a similar age bracket to me, perhaps in their early to mid or late 30s, just their 30s in general, we'll cover it, Kylie. Um, And these women are saying to me that they either definitely do not want children or they definitely do not know if they want children or not. And it's an interesting conversation to have. I have friends in real life who are the same age as me, potentially a little bit older, and they don't have children either. And so we're having these conversations. And for some people, it is a very clear, no, that's not for me. That's not the path I want to take. For other people, it is a big fat question mark or it's oscillating. Some days they'll think, yes, I definitely want to become a mum or I want to become a father. And then other times it's like, nope, no way, can't deal with that. And so that's why I was really excited when I came across Anne's work to find someone who specializes in helping people peel back the layers of what's going on. I think is really, really cool. And I enjoyed my chat with Anne a lot. We speak about motherhood ambivalence. We speak about whether or not people can move past one person in a relationship really wanting children and one person not wanting children. We speak about uncovering the root of ambivalence. There's a lot in this chat. And I think it's a conversation that we should be having more often Because the more we speak about these, you know, thoughts and fears and feelings of being conflicted over such a big life decision, the more people who are experiencing that ambivalence, as Anne calls it, or that indecision, the more people are going to feel included. And so if you're experiencing that overwhelming sense of just not knowing, you're so not alone. You're not alone at all. And I hope this conversation provides some really helpful food for thought. I hope that you do get in touch with Anne. I hope that you read her book. I hope it gives you clarity on this, you know, big, big life decision. And so let's get in to my conversation with Anne. As always, it would mean the world to me. If you do take a screenshot of this episode, please tag me at Kylie Camps and then I can share it over on my page as well. And thank you so much for taking time out of your day to have this conversation with me. I'm so glad to be here. I was so excited when I came across your work. I was firing links off to a lot of my friends and it was so well received. A lot of my friends were saying, I had no idea that there was someone out there who was really, really dedicated to helping me make this big decision or helping me, I guess, make sense of my feelings 
around this big decision. And the decision we're talking about today is motherhood and whether or not it is for each individual. How did you come into this work? So I all, you know, I, I just wish it was a more exciting story. But the short of it is about 30 years ago, because I have been doing this for 30 years ago, for 30, I have been doing this for 30 years. When Denise and I, Denise is my co-author of the book, and we co-created the course together, we were interns getting licensed as marriage and family therapists and um, doing our internship in private practice, but we wanted to run a support group. And it was really, okay, what topic should it be? And Denise uh, had made a comment that she noticed women she was working with were, you know, trying to figure out whether or not to have children. And I thought that would be, you know, a great idea, you know, and you have to realize we were also in our 30s doing this. And so we just put a program together and... um, sent out flyers because back then that is how you recruited people. And we sent out flyers and um, started running support groups and um, just created a very structured and deliberate course to help people really understand what their ambivalence was about. So, it, you know, it the focus wasn't so much um, what decision are you going to make, but how do you, it's really understanding why you don't know and what's in the way and to help women feel not broken. Mm. Um, And so it took off from there. We did that for 10 years together. Then Denise went on to do other endeavors and uh, pursued other things that interested her. And um, I kept doing the work with individuals and then later on groups. And then we came back together to write the book, Motherhood Is It For Me, where the course is laid out in great detail. And I still do the work because I love it. And you mentioned the term ambivalence there. What does ambivalence mean when we're talking about the decision of whether or not to choose motherhood? So whether you talk about indecision or ambivalence a lot of it is just how someone holds that so someone can be ambivalent about something but still move forward but sometimes if ambivalence immobilizes you or indecision immobilizes you you stuck in that limbo yeah you cannot move forward and that's i'm talking about people who are just frozen in one place and are just going around and around. And so it's that stuck place because, um, you know, you may hear people talk about any topic like, I'm a little ambivalent, but I'm going to go with this anyway. And they just keep going and it's okay. It doesn't stop them in their tracks, but it's, I go back and forth, you know, sometimes I just call it, you know, indecision, ambivalence, What's more important is the immobilization. Mm. The fear of making a decision. Well, um, fear, period. Just stuck in so, in so much fear that you cannot um, move forward. You're, you're stuck in your mind 
where there is a right and a wrong decision, and you have to make the right one, and all you can do is play out your fears over and over again and your worries and things that you're trying to control and think, 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 and, and you just dig a deeper hole for yourself. And then there are the other layers, I guess, of pressure around that indecision, such as, you know, whether it's the biological clock or the perception of your biological clock and also the reality of it, or maybe it's your partner being really sure one way or the other, or just society. You know, I have women in my life who are fairly sure they don't want to have kids, but they don't often speak about it because they're worried that they're going to be judged or thought of as lesser. Do you have a lot of people coming to you with those sorts of fears of not even sort of knowing how to articulate what's going on for them? So in some ways, you identified what we call externals. So there are the, the internal fears, and it's a long list. Everyone has their own. I mean, some people are just afraid of being pregnant. Some people are afraid of regret. But then there are the externals that the messages one receives from society, and I'll say more about that in a moment, but your partner might want something different than what you want, or there's your age or your career, like there's externals of things outside of you that also create, that feel like pressure. They don't have to be pressure. They don't have to be experienced as pressure. But if you feel stuck, every little thing is going to feel like pressure from the externals to the fears. And we still, unfortunately, live in a pronatalist society where the message is you should want children and have them, and you should want to have them. And one day we will be on the other side of that, I hope, um, where it won't be an assumption, but it will be a personal decision that each person makes for themselves. And some people receive that message inadvertently. And for some people, it's very overt. But when that message um, is in in conflict or you're in conflict with something internally that is different from that, it can really wreak havoc on your mind. And so that internal conflict that you speak of, does that mean, you know, subconscious beliefs and perhaps potential childhood trauma and those sorts of things that people are holding close to them, which could be impacting their decision about whether or not they in fact want to be a parent? Some people, you know, they kind of have, they feel clear. It's like, you know, I just, I never thought I, I saw myself as like, I never thought I never wanted really to have kids, but I'm supposed to want to have them. So something is wrong with me. Or I never questioned it. But now that it's time to go ahead and have kids, I don't know if it's what I want. And so that's what I'm talking about, that there's um, that you don't challenge a belief. And then one day. Uh, you have to challenge it because something inside of you isn't in agreement with that belief. And when people reach out to you, Anne, I know that your book, your the framework for your book is so detailed. There's so much in there for people to go through. Are you finding that when people are moving 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Through the course and they're working through the book that they do reach those breakthrough moments of making peace with one decision or another? So... My hope is that eventually peace is achieved. <laughs> I want people to be at peace and feel some internal calm after feeling tortured. The process, the program, let's say, takes people through a process where most people are surprised by what comes up in the, uh, for them in terms of what the exercises elicit. And suddenly they're on this journey of knowing themselves better. They're on this journey of discovering something about themselves that they never knew to really think about or they didn't think was that big a deal. And it turns out it, it's a bigger deal than they thought. And it's actually in the way of them knowing what they want for themselves. And I'm just talking about you know, unresolved family of origin issues. And it doesn't have to be trauma. You know, some people, a lot of people grow up in wonderful homes where there's plenty of love and um, consideration and privilege. And, you know, they would describe their childhoods as pretty happy. But even in those situations, there are still emotional and psychological needs that are not met when you're young. And not everyone is really aware of that until they start looking. And, and then they discover that maybe there is something there for them that needs their attention. And doing this introspection, this work of actually peeling back the layers and looking at different parts of yourself, is that a worthwhile endeavor for people who also have a feeling that they know what they want? You know, because there are some people that are just like, I know I'm all, you know, I've always known I want to be a mum. Or there are people who are like, I've always known it's a no from me. Is it still worth doing that introspection? I'm so glad you said that and asked it in that way. So if it were up to me, every single person on the planet would go through this course, no matter how certain they are. That's a big decision. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, um, I mean, the title of the book is Motherhood, Is It For Me? So the downside of that title is that the book is so much more than that. The title of the book could be Thriving, Is It For Me? Decision-making, Is It For Me? Um, because, uh, having healthy boundaries is it for me you know it it really is about knowing yourself better it's about making decisions in general and it's about understanding where you end and someone else begins and so let's say hypothetically someone is clear well it doesn't have to be hypothetical because i've had people like this in the course where they're clear they want they're clear let's say a woman i, I know i want children but 
it hasn't happened or I haven't found the right partner or um, I just can't seem to move in that direction, even though I'm in a healthy partner. And so they know they want children, but they're not moving forward. And so they're in the class and then the book helps them take a step back and then so that they can move forward. And is one of the ways that people might not move forward sort of always looking for the perfect circumstance? Because that's what I hear a lot from people and not just women, from men that I'm talking with as well who are in their 30s. They'll say, you know, I've got so many things I need to do. I want to travel to these places. I want to be at this level of financial security. Like that seems to be quite common. Sure. Everyone has their own personal list and it doesn't really matter what it is because when people decide to ask for my help or let me help them, they're also deciding to discover clarity on, in the way that I think is the most efficient. So it starts with identifying all your fears and all the things you feel certain about and your beliefs and your externals and then putting them to the sidelines because there are people like, well, you know, my freedom, or I still want to travel, or I do want children, but I want to um, get this, I want to have this job for so many years before I have children, um, or I want my relationship to be in a better place, or I want to end this relationship and get into a better relationship, or in the list, it's endless. So it doesn't really matter, because what I tell people is, when you're at a crossroads and you're not moving forward, whether you think you know why doesn't matter. If you're not moving forward, there's something in the way. And so that's not the place. You're going to sort out the problem. You have to take a step back. And for most people, what that looks like is no matter what you know or don't know, you actually make a decision to not know anything about what you want. And it puts you in the most open place to receive new information because really what you're needing is new information. And most people that are stuck just rehash what they know over and over again. You're so right. That's what it is when we're sitting in limbo and we can't make a decision. It is because we're, we're stagnated we're, and we're often ruminating over our old beliefs. So just when you said then, and people just need to kind of drop everything and go, okay, I just need to be an observer and get new information in for who I am right now. That just seems like such a helpful, obviously, an obviously helpful place to begin. And most people don't want to do that. For some people, it's easy because that is where, where they're at. But for some people, initially, it feels a little scary. And what I tell people is, you know, if something is true, there is never a risk at putting aside a truth because if something's true, it'll remain true. Yeah. No one's going to trick you. Yeah. No one's going to trick you into, you know, thinking you want something that you don't. And so you actually go out of your way to not look for answers. And so during the course, which is, you know, it's a four month course really you spend most of that time going out of your way, not looking for answers. 
And that sets you up to receive new information because it's new information you need. You don't need information that you already have. Yeah. Wow. And so when people are moving through this course, is it more common that they'll come to you as a single or are you working with couples? So I would say most people that come to me are in a couple, but plenty of single women and men come to me. And a lot of it is because they want to figure out what they want. They also want to know who to date because it's much easier to have clarity on this issue before dating. Because if you don't want children, you want to date someone who doesn't want children and vice, you know, and, or someone who does. Um, but when a couple reaches out to me, I let them know right away that I don't see this as a couple's issue. So I don't work with couples. It's an individual issue. And each person in the couple has to do their own um, work. So what each person desires for themselves is personal. It has nothing to do with their partner. When it's time to make a decision, then that's a discussion a couple can have. When couples, when in... If you're in a couple and you each do the course separately, when you get to the other side of the course, if you're in different places and you need help with consolidating, you know, how you're going to move forward, I will sometimes work with that couple for one or two sessions, but only if they've gone through the course, Um, because then I know they really have done their due diligence and then help them. And I have, I have helped couples break up before over this issue in a really conscientious, lovely way Mm. and understand from a place of understanding. Um, And I've helped people, you know, sort out their differences so they can figure out what's best to do. And in that instance, is it ever a case of someone is able to concede on their needs and move forward without resentment? Like, is that possible for people to get to that place where one person is able to say, you know what, this isn't my preference, but I can do this for you, which is one thing, but then to move forward without, I don't know whether chastising, I think resentment is the best no, word. No, uh, yeah, you know what, you're, it's a, it, yes. Well, for, for the short answer is yes. And how it works is some people take, so everyone starts from a place of I don't know intentionally and on purpose when they get to the end some people end up in a place of I don't want to be a parent it's not my desire and not but and for these three reasons or these many reasons I'm going to choose to become a parent and I will be the best parent I can be 
is very different from someone saying, fine, I'll do it. If it's what you want, I'll do it. And that comes from a place of resentment. It comes from a place of powerlessness. And it's different to feel empowered from a place of, it's not my desire. If it were up to me, I would choose a child-free life. And I want to be with you. I understand why you want children. And I am going to choose to do this with you. And that's from a place of empowerment, not from a place of resentment. Those are two very different places, two, two different experiences. But you can't just get there easily. You have to do the work to get there. And the course is the work. Yeah. And having children obviously brings up so many challenges that that person who is saying, you know what, I am going to make this choice to have children with you, even though it's not my first choice, they need to be quite an evolved person to be able to own their choice to commit to having children. Because when it gets tough, it would be easy to point the finger and say, I didn't want to do this. Absolutely. And I think that this course, you know, you could almost call it boot camp. It's a combination of an oasis and boot camp, or it's boot camp in an oasis. <laughs> Most things usually but, are that combo. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it is evolution. You evolve. You heal. You you become a different person. Um, and on the other side, um, if you are able to make that decision, you do it from an honest, an authentic place. It's not about faking it. Um, and, or, or you say, you know, I, I'm just not able to go down the path you want to go down and you face, you know, ending the relationship. It is a deal breaker for some people. Mm, of course. Can people use your course and your methods for making the decision about having a second or a third or a fourth or so on child? <laughs> Absolutely. And I've have helped people do both. People have come to me with a second child. Well, people have come to me with a first child and again, come back with a second and again with a third. Uh, and it's a, it is a, the exact same um, process. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and I just, you know, this may not occur to you, so you wouldn't ask it and I'm just going to offer it, you know, sometimes, People come to me where the decision is made, but the desire hasn't caught up with the decision. So I have had people like women in the class who are pregnant and they have decided to be a parent for their own personal reasons, but they're not as excited as they want to be or as excited as they thought they would be. And they're confused by that. And so they do the course and, and even though they're pregnant and even though the decision is made, they do the course from a place of I'm still deciding on purpose that I don't know what I want or what I'm going to do. Yeah, it changes the perspective. And what about if someone is experiencing feelings of ambivalence but then they do move forward and make the decision and become a mother but then they're still experiencing those feelings after a baby has been born? So... I can only speculate because people, you know, it's, it's, it's like a revolving door with me. You know, people spend four months with me and I, I often don't know what happens. Um, but 
um, what I do talk about in the course. And, and a lot of people keep me posted. They send me pictures of their dog or their boat or their baby <laughs> or all three. All different babies. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, I love hearing from people years later. So when people get through the course and one, they identify what they want, they're also identifying why they didn't know. They, that becomes clear too. And so oftentimes anxiety plays a big part where it can feel like one has anxiety around this issue. But anxiety is anxiety and it attaches to whatever issue is in front. And so anxiety thrives on uncertainty. So if you're uncertain about something, there's going to be anxiety. When people can tease those apart, put the anxiety to the sidelines, discover, oh yeah, in my heart's desire, I do want to be a mom. And then, and they even, and that is the decision and they go forward with that decision. But then they start to realize, oh no, they doubt themselves. Oh, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't really want to be a mom. And they may even check in with me and have an extra session. But it doesn't take long to come back to, you know, this isn't about wanting to be a mom because you already know that you do. This is about anxiety in general and you're scared. So let's look at what that fear is really about because it is about something in your past, not the future. Mm. anxiety and also feeling out of control there are lots Same of thing. moments yeah in yeah. motherhood where you're like you just become yeah. so aware that you have no control at all and you know I can only speak for myself I've got twin boys and so like that was a baptism of fire having two at once and there were definitely moments where I was like am I cut out for this but then when I zoom out I'm like of co- well of course I felt like that like it was so hard of course and you get and 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 you figure out how to do it I mean there's so many things you know People experience all kinds of things in their life and you'll hear people say, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And it's just like, yeah, and nobody knows how you do it and you just do it. You, you, um, we are presented with challenges we didn't see coming and we rise to the occasion and we do the best we can and we get help. And um, if, we're, if we're struggling... So, um, yeah. And you mentioned, Anne, that one of the one of the areas that you cover in your program is family of origin. What are some of the other areas that you get people to look at as they move through the course? There is um, part of the course is unearthing unresolved family of origin issues but it's done in such a way that you're not thinking about it you're not digging for something the exercises are really designed to bring forth unconscious material so that you can really see what needs your attention and so once that information is coming forward then there's a lot of other exercises where the focus isn't your family of origin, but we've already opened up that box. So there's an invitation for um, unresolved issues to, to attach to whatever the exercises are. So a lot of it is it's really just opening up the mind and allowing 
your mind to free associate and allowing um, or being in a, a place where you're trusting your mind to give you what needs your attention. So, uh, uh, so much of it is, is kind of abstract, um, but we're just setting the stage and, and creating space so that what needs your attention comes forward. It's always going to go back to unresolved issues in your childhood. And I imagine that there are, of course, people who finish their course and the program and they have the de- they've made the decision that motherhood is not for them. On top of also reaching that decision of going, no, motherhood's not for me, do they also then have more of a sense of absolving that shame or that discomfort that they sometimes might feel in conversation with other people? I guess, does it help them stand taller in their decision? Well, not everybody feels shame about deciding to... No, of course course not. Right. But people that did have that coming in, they have a better understanding of why that was there. And so wherever someone lands, they, they are able to stand tall in whatever their desire is and what their decision is and understand the difference between the two. And um, when you have, you know, I'm always coming back to the why. When you, you, because you hear people say all the time, I never wanted children. No problem there. I've always wanted children. And that's the end of the conversation. You cannot get from them why. They just know. And so I have no doubt that is their very true experience. It leaves me suspect because I just wonder. Nobody owes anybody an explanation on whether they're going to have children or not have children. But you owe an explanation to yourself to know why you want what you want for yourself, for your own well-being. And so when people really understand what that why is, they do stand taller and they do feel good about themselves. And for some people, they, they do have to um, grieve or really look at how hard it is for them when they're judged because people are going to judge you. You cannot control that. What you have control over is how you receive that judgment or how you don't receive it, you know, how you really understand that judgment is really about someone's powerlessness. So if someone is judging you, it's about their own powerlessness and how to not take that on. And that's where the healthy boundaries come into play. But I think when people get to the, they finish this course, they are, um, they know themselves better and they can stand taller for sure. Absolutely. It's such an interesting topic when you think about judgment. I opened up the questions over on my Instagram just about this topic, you know, what's your experience in this? And it was so interesting, Anne, because some people were just so passionate about how being a mother gives them so much purpose and how it adds so much value. And it kind of shocked me a little bit because I've had so many conversations in real life with my friends who are in their mid thirties and who are still on the fence. You know, some days it's a yes, some days it's a no. (laughs) One of my friends is working through your book as we speak. Um, You know, but for me, as someone who has kids, 
when I'm engaging in those conversations, I never think, oh, you have to do it. Like life would be so awful if you didn't do it. You know, I can see, I think, you know, life without kids, great. Life with kids, great, if that's what you want. And it's just, it was surprising to me how passionate some people feel that their way is the right way. And it's like, well, that's the right way for you. You're so right. And people are very passionate about this topic (laughs) for a variety of reasons. But I do think that um, when someone says to someone, yeah, I just don't know. And they're saying that to someone who was certain, but never really explored it. I think it triggers their own place of like, wait a minute, I never explored this issue. You don't get to explore this issue. Mm -hmm. Like there, it's like, you know, oh my God, I didn't give this any thought. And I'm not saying that's, you know, everybody, but I think people get triggered when other people are ambivalent, but people, you know, I know lots of people who can't imagine not being a parent. They love their kids. I know people who um, wish they hadn't had children, wish they had known about me years, you know, Uh, prior, that you can love your child, you can be a great parent and know that if you had to do it all over again, it probably wasn't the best decision for yourself, for your own well-being. And so, you know, we live in a society where, you know, people want to fit everything into a tidy little box. It's just not that way. And um, it's such a personal decision and if someone you know is like oh my god my life is is so meaningful and wonderful because of my children that's great you know I'm so happy for you but it doesn't mean that that's going to be everyone's experience so when someone says oh my god don't even hesitate have them it's fantastic it's just really it's just not the same for everybody. <laughs> it doesn't always sit right. And for anyone who is listening, who perhaps is going, oh my gosh, that's me. You know, I say that to my friends. I say to them, just do it. You'll love it. You know, don't, don't worry about not feeling maternal. When you have the baby in your arms, everything will be fine. You know, there are going to be people listening right now who are like, oh shit, that's me. What are some words we can give them to perhaps handle that conversation with a little more thought for the other person? Right. I think, well, here's a couple of things. First of all, nobody chooses to be undecided for the fun of it. Nobody wants to be stuck in indecision. Nobody wants to not know what they want around this issue. Um, So they're already in a tortured place. We don't need to add to it. And so I think if, If you're someone who loves motherhood and you just, I don't know, think everyone should do it. (laughs) And then there's those people, if you don't know, don't do it. But talking to someone who is uncertain, I think the kindest thing you can do for them is, I can't tell you, you know, what's right or wrong, good or bad for you. I know what I love about being a parent, I know what's hard about it. And um, I'm happy to listen to your indecision and not give you advice. 
um, if you want advice, I'll give it, but you have to, you know, ask for it. And that, um, you know, I'm happy to listen or I don't have any judgment. But it is about understanding that nobody is um, stuck in this place of ambivalence because uh, they want to. It's a torture. And that yeah. is not an exaggeration. Yeah. And the other thing they can do is give them your book and direct them right, towards yes. your website. Yeah, I just heard about this woman. <laughs> because yes. as I said at the start of our conversation, when I sent you a link to some of my friends, one in particular was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, there's someone that can help me with this because she's really gone through the motions of the extreme of one day, yes, it's for me, the next day, no, it's not. So, And that's great if it's work. a day apart. For a lot of people, it's every five minutes. Yeah. But. <laughs> Um, yes, you know, most people that find me already wish they had found me before. It's rare that someone says, oh, I just started thinking about this last week. It's usually, you know, years. And, um, and I, I hope at some point it will be easier to find me. That's really more of a marketing issue than anything else, <laughs> but because I've been doing this for 30 years. Um, but also it, it really speaks to society at large. It's not like, you know, if you're, let's say you decide to be a parent and you want some advice about parenting, it's endless, right? You know, endless books, endless people. Endless there's a million ways to do it perfectly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's very few places you can go with not knowing what you want around this. And I, I really hope one day it's just the norm where everyone considers what they're going to, do one way or the other or that it's just the norm oh yeah if you don't know just go take this course you know that it's just more common but people I think most people are searching the internet at 1am in the dark you know without anybody knowing how do I decide and then they stumble upon an article I was interviewed for or that I wrote they end up on my website and then they're just happy that there's a place relieved yeah they're relieved that they're not broken it's like oh my god this is for me and when people are getting in touch with you and I'll let you go in a minute but just one last thing I wanted to touch on when people are getting in touch with you I want to make it really clear for our listeners people are getting in touch whether it is a deep belief about you know maybe am I good enough to be a parent am I responsible enough but they're also getting in touch when it's ethical concerns like being worried about the climate that they're bringing a child into being worried about the state of the world you really help people make sense of all of those fears absolutely I mean there are people and I've I mean even 30 years ago I've had I worked with people who wanted to be a a parent and decided not to because of population overpopulation. It wasn't about climate crisis. Today, it's about climate crisis. But, or people just wanted two children and decided to have one because of population and impact on the planet. So for some people, you know, that's what they really want, they're grappling with. And so it doesn't matter if it's the climate crisis or your age or your relationship status, because whatever the reasons that keep you in that loop, that ruminating loop of do I, don't I, 
it's all going to get identified and put to the sidelines because to do this course, you have to put all of that to the sidelines. And then at the end, it's not that it's unimportant. It's all important. It's relevant. But to entertain the climate crisis or any external prematurely before you have clarity of knowing what you want and what drives it from the inside out is just going to make it way more complicated than it needs to be. And so at the end of the course, when you are clear about what you want and why, then you can look at those externals and they're much easier to navigate. And you also have men reaching out to you as well, don't you? I know the book is motherhood, but you also have fathers reaching out or potential fathers. So I would say it's about 50-50, but in the beginning, it was like one in 10. So every 10 women women that reached out to me, one man would. And now, you know, it's it tends to be more women than men, but truly it is moving in that direction of 50-50. And... Um, and whether, you know, someone is in a same-sex couple um, or not, it, it's because I don't see this as a couple's issue, so it's individuals who are reaching out to me. Um, men read the book as well, and they just change some pronouns. And I've always, I'm always grappling, do I just say parenthood, is it for me? And, and where I struggle is it, it is a different issue women struggle differently around this issue than men do. And so I keep it separate. And so I have classes for men and classes for women. And, um, but men read the book as well. And when people are in the course actually have a lot of um, exercises that are written specifically for men, Um, but plenty of men read the book. Yeah. Well, you're doing amazing work. Where can our listeners hear more from you and see more? So um, going to my website, um, and I'll just keep it simple, but, you know, is parenthood for me? Is parenthood for me? We'll, We'll get you there. Sign up for the newsletter because that's where you hear about what's new. Um, the group courses that I run, I've done them twice a year. I hope to be moving that into three times a year. If you want to work with me one-on-one on my website, you can fill out a contact sheet and we can talk about what that would look like. Um, but that's pretty much your options. I mean, some people reach out to me and say, oh, can I talk to you? I can't decide. And it's just like, no, you can't. You can read it's, the book. Not a half, it's not a half an hour conversation. Yeah, <laughs> you can read the book join one of the group courses, you know, or work with me one-on-one, but I don't talk. You can talk about this forever. It's just a waste of time. Mm. Well, today has not been a waste of time. I know (laughs) so many of our listeners will have loved hearing from you, Anne. So thank you so much for your time. I will have all of those details in the show notes as well so that people can find your website easily. Thank you so much for reaching out to me because it is you know, a way for people to hear about this. And I know there's so many more people out there who are struggling than we can even imagine because there's no place in our society for people to openly talk about this. So people stay silent. And um, so I hope this helps them know that they're not alone. 
Oh, I'm sure it will. As I said, just in my own experience of texting a handful of friends, they all responded saying they felt relieved. So people will be relieved. And thank you so much. This is what I want. This is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you going to make a move? Are you going to come and see? Whatever you want to do, you know what's cool with me. Whisper in the dark. Whispers in the dark. You come to play, don't you? Looking for something new. I got a underneath tricks up my What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.